Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, Alice, as luck would have it, uh-huh. I pretty much get to debut the show I wanted to do originally today on WTIC right here. And it actually, it, it's more personal to us anyway, because um, it's got to do with Megan Watros, who's okay. joined us. Remember, that's the mom from Darien, Connecticut. She joined us a couple weeks ago. And she's the one who, uh, who has a seven-year-old in school. And her daughter saw Julian is a Mermaid. The teacher read it to her. Julian is a Mermaid about this little boy who sees essentially women in drag and decides he wants to be in drag. And many of the pictures, and he, and he throws on a skirt and a hat. And many of the pictures are um, illustrations, almost all of them actually, are him in his underwear or some set. Right. And it's a, he's a seven-year-old boy pictured. The whole thing is about... Um, he, he at one point, well, he's wearing his dress and his in his fake tiara and whatever. One point, he wonders, or the book wonders, if Abuela is if she, how how she's going to think about this. Abuela comes out of the into the room and gives him a necklace and makes him more dragish. So that then takes him to the pride parade. Takes him to the pride parade essentially. Exactly. So that's the that's the book, and so they say that's about acceptance. So that's why that's an SEL book that, right. that social emotional learning because that's about acceptance. And if you say anything about the book, you're promoting violence and hate, hate and and you hate acceptance, right? You hate acceptance, etc. And as if we don't know, of course, and the book is also sometimes used to literally teach gender identity. There's all kinds of lessons, as Megan Montrose said in that interview. You know, she found online and showed them all kinds of lesson plans to use the thing to promote gender identity. About the author talking about how the book is about gender identity and all that stuff, like it's literally not just about acceptance well, well exactly if you go to pride.com which is not yeah. a book for which is not a site for lions it uh it says pride 21 inspiring lgbt theme children's books julian is a mermaid in an exuberant picture book a glimpse of costume mermaids leaves one boy flooded with wonder and ready to dazzle the world 
course it does. Well, while riding a subway home from the pool is with his abuelo one day, Julian notices three women spectacularly dressed up. Their hair billows in brilliant hues. Their dresses end in fishtails, and their joy fills the train car. Oh. When Julian gets home, daydreaming about the magic he's seen, oh, uh, all he can think about is dressing up just like the ladies in his own fabulous mermaid costume. A butter-yellow curtain for his tail, the fronds of a potted fern for his headdress. But what will Abuela think about the mess he makes? And even more importantly, what will she think about how Julian sees himself? Mesmerizing and full of heart, Jessica Love's author-illustrated debut is a jubilant picture of self-love and a radiant celebration of individuality. <coughs> that is from pride.com. That's 21 inspiring LGBTQ+. Plus I mean, books. it also won the Stonewall Book Award, right. which should tell you also yeah, so what this it's is about. A, this is a trans book. That's what this book is. So, right. But of course, the, when you protest, they go, it's just about a kid dressing up as a mermaid. I know, it's just no. imagination. What are you yeah, talking about? No. There's nothing trans in here. Nothing trans so about it. It's completely this, in your head. In looking, to, I, so in doing, in getting ready for my show this morning, because this is in Connecticut, where this book was 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 read to the kids, and then the mom had a problem with it, and then they, they all attacked the mom for, of course, right. for go, going to, to not going through proper channels and re- creating a fuss about this. Um, of course, when she went through the proper channels, they screamed at her. They screamed at her. They condescended to her, et cetera, et cetera. And so, and so, um, they 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 got it to be an agenda item, and they decided the book was the the book committee decided the book was fine. The, the people, people who picked the book in exactly, the first place decided exactly. that well they chose the, correctly. The board of directors of Pride dot com. So anyway, they had last night a. But before I get to that, if you think. By the way, so I was looking for one of these readings of Julian, whatever. Yeah. And I saw the two I got before. So I just randomly hit a third one. I wanted a new reading for everybody here. I did not comb the internet for this. This is just. It was just the next one you happened to click. This is the next one I happened to click. So um, give me one second here. And here it is. Here we go. And this is a little TV show that's on YouTube that where the book reading happens. Hey there. Welcome to Queer Kid Stuff. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Teddy. Today we're doing a very special story time episode with Drag Queen Story Hour. We'll be reading a book called Julian is a Mermaid, written and illustrated by Jessica Love. Queer Kid Stuff. You are enough here at Queer Kid Stuff. You ready to <laughs> Ready, Lindsay. Okay. Let's bring in the queen. No, hold on. Before the queen comes in, there's about to be a very gaudy, over-made-up, horrific-looking drag queen. <laughs> okay. This literal website is called Queer Kids Stuff. Yeah. We're talking about a book in a segment that is... A book is for seven-year-olds. So this segment, Queer Kids Stuff, is for seven-year-olds. Right. That's what they think. That's what. What, the, what does it mean to be queer, Alice? Um, it's sort of well, it used to be an insult, but now it's it's sort of an umbrella. You know, what term. does it mean? It's an umbrella term. It's that's one of those that you can't define. I would say is it a term for an umbrella? No. Okay, then what is it? What does it mean? It has to do with sexual preferences. Okay, sexual preferences. Uh-huh. Sexual, isn't in, in as is in. Who you'd like to have sex with? 
Right. Okay. So this is the audience for this show, queer kid stuff, are children. Right. Who like to have sex with certain people. Right. Okay. Because that's, you know, when it comes down to it, I know obviously there's more to being in love with somebody than wanting to have sex with them. But when you come down to it, that's the difference between platonic relationships and romantic ones is the sex part. Correct. So queer means gay? It can mean gay. It can mean, you know, you know, we know people like this who kind of hang around the gay community and don't really specify exactly what they're into and seem to mostly be in heterosexual relationships too. But that's who I see using it mostly. Okay. Or like, you know, non-binary it, people when, when, or whatever. When, when, it's it says, of, when it says that, that Asia is to Australia as America is to South America, what are those called? Um, analogies. Okay, so would it be fair in analogy to say that Queer Kids Club is to... sleeping with the same sex as bisexual kids club is to sleeping with both sexes? Uh, I don't know. I think queer can include things like bisexual and whatever. Okay. I think it means that you're part of the LGBTQ whatever community, okay. but you don't necessarily have one of the other labels. Okay. So, okay, but is... This... Having bisexual kids club is... It's on par with Queer Kids Club. Yeah. You looking yes. for something to, to no, wipe? No, I'm okay. Nose? Are you sure? That well, was it? That's all You want to throw me the wipes? Okay. No, I'm sick now, you guys. Tom got me sick now. So now I'm sick. I love when you're sick. I got you sick. When I'm sick, I'm just sick. You were sick first. If I were sick and then you got I sick first, right huh? after that, then I would have got. I think James got you sick, but you got sick before me. Can I listen? And to we queer happen kids to club, know please? each other pretty well. I would say that the problem was well, you, you got wanted me to sick. be romantic with me, and so that's, <laughs> that's the price I pay. That's why, that's that's why you need to learn. Okay. So um, I'm going to go back to Queer Kids Club because we're about to meet go. the queen. Yep. Hello, I am Angel. Hi, Angel. Okay, what are your pronouns, and how do you identify? My pronouns are her, she, when I'm in drags, and when I'm out of drag are he, him. Story time, story time, story time. We're getting to it, Teddy. I brought in one of my favorite books. I hope you like it too. This is Juliana is a Mermaid, and it is illustrated and written by Jessica Love. You know that's going. So you get the music to the whole thing. It's Queer Kids Club, it's funny. And the, 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 the gaudy man who's angel. Uh-huh. Um, go through the book and we see the, the seven-year-old kid mostly naked. That's fine. That's it. So that's what the, what Megan um, wanted to... What she objected to exactly. her seven-year-old being exposed to. Okay. So let me start. Let's start here. I just This is the anatomy of a Board of Education meeting. It may sound boring. It's not as boring as it sounds. Oh, I'm into Board of Education. Oh, I know. <laughs> so first of all, I don't here, is the, sounds boring. here is the uh, chairman of the Board of Education. Uh, his name is David Deneen. This is Darien, Connecticut, a very upscale, well-to-do, beautiful person's town. These are all the best people in the world. So, this is Deneen, like uh, uh, Colin's friend Deneen. Now, listen, he's very measured, but remember, as he's talking, that the issue at hand and what he's circling around 
is a book about a seven-year-old in his underwear who's learning to be trans, a transvestite or transgender. Right, or at a minimum, okay. dress and drag. Here's Janine. With over 4,600 students in the Darien public school system, we have over 9,200 parents and guardians. We have many ideas, thoughts, values. We have left, right, center, and we talk about almost everything to do with our children's education. We will continue to listen, learn, and work with the experienced professionals, parents, and students to stay focused on our students. I would ask that you continue to email, call, and speak through your local school teachers and administrators. Reach out to the administration and the board as you see fit. This way we can understand the needs and challenges of our students and have- You know what he's doing here. He's establishing the, um, the, uh, the structure of the school committee being, though big and vast, very organized, with all sorts of pipelines and processes. Uh-huh. And so it's all there for you. We have many things. We're, we're used to many belief systems, et cetera. This is a, someplace, a, this is a sounding board and a, an organization that we're used to opinions, et cetera, but we have a structure made for you to deal with this. Now, if there was somebody who was... If there was a man caught masturbating in the second grade's bathroom and and this was the subsequent meeting and somebody had taken the wrong route to communicate the problem, had, in other words, gone to the local Facebook page or whatever, mm-hmm. he wouldn't start like that. He would start like, I understand you're all very disturbed that we had an incident in the bathroom today. Right. I want you to know that we hear you're right. But he's not. What he's doing is starting to build the case against Megan. Starting past the inciting incident. Right. So forget it. He's erased the incident of her her daughter being read a story about a seven-year-old boy taking a trans journey with pictures showing him in his underwear. Have them understood in the right context. Are you ready, Teddy? Hold on. (laughs) Is that the drag queen back again? Yes. Social media, Facebook posts, anonymous blanket emails do not always have the correct context and only add to the challenges and spread misinformation. Our fo- focus has to be the whole student. The fi- so, in other words, don't go on Facebook. Don't go on uh, uh, message boards or go or or communicate freely to yourselves in the community keep it contained right here so in other words keep it contained right here so we have time to explain away things and to cya right and so that we can ultimately ignore you we can say we're listening we can take your calls you can show up to the school board meeting and say stuff to us but then we don't actually have to do anything about it if the media and other people start hearing about it and being outraged then we have to start to do something and then we actually feel some pressure to actually but they want to keep it all internal yes right all the time right and he's mentioned that we have all these departments of ways to communicate and the process and structure and this and that and there's all sorts of ways that we can make sure that things are properly gotten around to everybody now that was not provided when they decided to just read about the seven-year-old naked boy. 
there was no structure and proper way to root through parents to make sure that there's a full understanding and everybody has a full grasp. Of yeah, them. as a matter of no. fact, she was told she can't opt out of that. Well, no, well, that's right, but that's not even there yet. So it's not the like pro- they the put in some process to check with parents first. Right. I mean, that's no. like an imaginary world where that happens. Right. No, they're, they have no process. You, the public who pays for them, you need a long process. Don't start going directly to news sources. Right. They get up. access to your kid to do whatever they want with no input from you. But if you want input into what happens with your kid, you have to go plead with them to right. their channels that they choose and have no power to make them do anything. Right. Because if you go and do it in a public square somewhere, well, that makes it very uncomfortable for this. Uh, but isn't that the same well, as the well, thing well, the left well, always does where it's like uh, they hate when you actually show people the things that they well, say of course, you do? But what he's saying is that, and they'll say more of this, is that if you do that, that's very uncomfortable for them. It's very uncomfortable for staff and for the people in the board of ed meeting, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the initial incident right. that made parents uncomfortable, that's not a, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's fine. Your discomfort, parents, that's fine. It's You're probably discom- something you need to work on, actually. Exactly. Do not always have the correct context and only add to the challenges and spread misinformation. Our focus has to be the whole student, the physical and mental health. Right there is the problem. Of course, that's what Megan said. That right. said. Our focus has to be the full whole student, the physical and mental health. In right. other words, um, acceptance. That's a that's a concept of social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. Acceptance. We have to make sure that I accept Billy and Billy accepts me, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. So there you go. That's how you squeeze. You know, mm-hmm. that's how you squeeze little boys naked in that kind of curriculum into the classrooms. It's right. about acceptance. Yeah, but like a, a cat rapes a gorilla. It's about acceptance. <laughs> the gorilla forgives him. Also, by the way, um, didn't Megan say that this book was read in like mid-October? I think so. And this story didn't break until the first week of December, which means that... Well, she, it was written up. She brought it up late October in a in a... No, you're right. So, so so she didn't she went through all the channels and talked to them and all the stuff and did all the things that they're saying she was supposed to but, do and then they said F you were just not doing anything. Well then about he yelled it. at her. Yeah, he yelled at her. Because she sent out an email to other parents. Right. And right. and you're not supposed to people Americans aren't supposed to be communicating with each other unless the Board of Education knows what they're talking about, lest it have something to do with them. Right. Shut up, asshole. There you go. You're getting deleted. Queer Kids Club is gone. Yeah. They really want to read you that book. In a safe. Hold on. (coughs) Misinformation. Our focus has to be the whole student, the physical and mental health of each student in a safe and secure learning environment. Our priorities, as I mentioned at the last meeting, that will keep us focused on our students are the mental and physical well-being of our students and staff the safety and security of our students and staff. Now, my question while he's reading all these things, these bullet points of what the priorities Mm -hmm. are, is which one of these equals we need to show seven-year-olds a book with a naked seven-year-old? Which one of that, how does that contribute to any of these priorities? What thing in this school means that we- Gay kids won't be safe unless you can read them the book about the naked child. Gay seven-year-olds. Apparently. 
our commitment to our facilities and our infrastructure, supporting our teachers through our new contract, our commitment to our communications committee and delivering on a comprehensive communication plan, and continued work on transparency through the curriculum. What are you trying to say, Anson? No. Go play. So, um, so, like all these things, by the way, notice the last thing he does. Last thing he mentions? Mm-hmm. ...through our new contract. Sorry. Right there. Our commitment to our facilities and our infrastructure. Supporting our teachers through our new contract. Our commitment to our communications. Supporting our teachers through our new contract. So during the public comment section, guess who was called up first? Megan Walters? No, the uh, head of the teachers union in oh. the town. He gets up there and says, oh, by the way, thanks so much for letting me up first. My wife will be very happy that, you, that I'm going to be able to get home on time. <laughs> so his name is Barry Palmer. Here's just a few cuts from Barry Palmer. This tells you all you need to know. I'm sure it doesn't come to as a surprise to any of you that the recent national publicity regarding our curriculum has acutely impacted staff morale. The misinformation and fear-mongering associated with, with this uh, public conversation has been dam damaging to the educational process. <clears throat> Did they not read the book to the kids? Yeah, what part was... Did he say misinformation or disinformation? He but said which part was misinformation and fear mongering? Uh, so, but yeah, they read the book. So, which part was misinformation and fear mongering? They're reading this book to your kid in the school, right? <gasps> so, unless I mean, the yeah, unless the misinformation did, so was that there's not a book about a seven year old taking a trans journey with pictures of a seven year old taking a trans journey being read to seven year olds. If that really didn't happen, then that is misinformation. If that did, then the onus really should be about on him. Well, yeah, but it's back to the libs of TikTok thing. To them, misinformation or like Fauci and COVID misinformation. To them, misinformation means playing videos of them that are unpopular. It means yes. it means telling people what they actually do. They hate that. Right. Because when you tell people what they actually do, people get <laughs> mad at them and they're like, oh, it's oh, look at all the misinformation people are using to make people mad at us. Like, no, you put that information out there. If it's misinformation, yes. then you did it. Right. It, it, the, all of the videos of middle-aged dudes twerking in front of five-year-olds is not misinformation unless there's not a dude twerking. If there is, then that's pretty much case closed. You need <laughs> no more context than that. Teachers do not have the ability to publicly defend themselves or correct misinformation, and we depend on administration to set the record straight for us. In the future, when these instances occur... By the way, he is a teacher who is publicly defending himself. Right. Teachers are hoping these falsehoods will be addressed swiftly and emphatically. I'm in agreement that there should be more stakeholder voices in the curriculum review process. Teachers, students, and parents can provide very valuable insights that should be represented when a resource is questioned. Now, that's the trickery of the thing. There should be more stakeholders involved. Yeah. So you get to be one of the many voices that uh, gets to weigh in on which creepy thing we're going to read to your kid. <laughs> but we'll all reach that conclusion together. It takes a village. Am I right? Well, but hold on. Listen to this. I cannot for the life of me understand how someone can go on national TV to complain about a board curriculum policy 
before they have ever attended a board curriculum or board policy subcommittee meeting. At best, this represents poor judgment. How can you talk about the books unless you go to one of our midday book meeting decision <laughs> meetings? Well, these are parents. The assumption is, is that if I skip a meeting, it's not going to be the meeting where all the child porn is greenlit. That's the assumption. The assumption is that if I'm going to miss a meeting, I'm not going to miss the meeting on um, whether the seven-year-old boy is going to have underwear on or not. Right. Right, just like you don't think you're going to miss a meeting and they're going to show porn in school, well, right? right? Like, like there are some things that you just have a baseline expectation right. that the curriculum yes. review board isn't going to do. But no, 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 these are experts. Just like the, what's his face at the beginning? I don't know if that was a superintendent or the school board guy or what, but he said at the beginning, like, our team of experts is going to, like, oh, yeah, let the curriculum review experts. Mm -hmm. It's just this appeal to authority garbage, like, you don't understand there's a very deep and nuanced and intellectual reason why we had to read yes. your child this book. And, you know, after you've, you know, been brainwashed to come to understand all this stuff that, that we understand, then you can weigh in on whether or not you think the drag show book should be read to the seven-year-old. That's totally then, right. Then it's... you're allowed to have an opinion. Yes. Once you've gone to all the gender uh, gender criticism yeah, classes like, uh, yeah, and you have a gender studies degree then you can decide yes. if you want us to uh raise your child with no gender and right. give them queer it's like pronouns. yeah mr principal this is uh tom shattuck i have a serious issue my daughter said that she watched uh, two girls one cup in class today oh mr shattuck did you miss the meeting <laughs> oh i must have missed sorry, my, my bad sir that's on me sorry for the dip misinformation uh, worse it's exploiting our children's education in order to score political points or raise public profile. Our children's education. Regardless, this behavior should be called out for what it is and not be tolerated. Ask yourselves, would you want to work in a community that regularly accepts and normalizes these antics? Would you? It's these antics. It's them. Okay. Okay. Everybody lost their iPads today. It's a misinformation. I cannot. I cannot. Regardless, this behavior should be called out for what it is and not be tolerated. This behavior. These are parents who are worried. About, guys, out of here. Out. 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 Okay. Right now, please. Right now. Right now. You're going to lose it for another day. You're going to lose it for another day if you keep touching those wires. You have five Cyril, seconds to it, get out Santa's of here. Santa's watching. It's very five, close to Christmas. four, three, two. Can you imagine you. being talked to by a teacher and a union person like this? At worst, it's exploiting our children's education in order to score political points or raise public profiles. Regardless, this behavior should be called out for what it is and not be tolerated. Ask yourselves, would you want to work in a community that regularly accepts and normalizes these antics? Would you want to work in a community where the parents get upset when we show pictures of mostly naked boys? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? It, Cyril, you will, Santa will not give you any presents. You will not get anything this year. He is watching you right now. Right now. Thank you. Imagine, you know, for this guy to put it all on, 
How much? Can, can you f- off, please? Well, okay. also, I mean, I could see if I raised go, an uproar about a book that you could say I was doing it to score political points because I'm a political person, but you can't, um, you can't make that claim about Megan Watros. It's just not in her DNA that she's political at all. She's not like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's the most ridiculous claim to make to say that she's doing it to score political points like what are you saying she's some sneaky conservative activist or something i don't think that that's true of her of course it's not no she's a lady from darien there's a certain life you want it's a burberry life and a bmw x7 and happy healthy kids in a beautiful town that's it it's a nice life she, doesn't, she didn't ask for this. Why do you think we get the disclaimer every time she talks somewhere that she's got no problem with LGBT? Anyway, it, this guy's even better. This is, once again, this is Barry Palmer, the union honcho and social studies teacher. Every couple of months since I've been the union president, there has been some sort of outcry or bashing of staff in this district, followed by an overwhelming outpouring of support from parents. I understand the majority of parents bashing love the teachers and the administrators in this district and support the work we do. But this cycle needs to stop. It's it's not good. It is not good for the district. Teachers are leaving the district. It's hollowing out the district. And worst of all, it's worse. It's bad for our children. So I'm asking be adults, be mature. Tell me. If you have a question about a resource, Ask the teacher how the resource was used. Be adults. Be mature. If you have a question about a resource, your effing resource is groomer porn, you effing (laughs) creep. If you have a problem with our resource, it's such total, um, you know, progressive speak, too. Mm -hmm. Total. And is that somebody has a problem with our resource? Your resource is showing in his underwear. Not even a problem. A question about it. Right. And ask the teacher how it was used. You can come and ask us what we're, what we're doing, and then you're supposed to walk away and be satisfied with that answer. You're not supposed to come to them and say, I don't want you reading this to my kid. End of discussion. Right. It, you know, you, you're supposed to come to them and say, oh, expert teacher, why did you read my child this pornographic book? And then they'll explain it to you, and then you're supposed to go, oh, okay, now I understand why you had right. to groom my child. That totally makes sense now. Good job. Right. I love teachers and grooming. Right. It's like, yeah, if That's you have a problem with it, if you have a problem with it, just go over to the um, um, rejection of objection department and they'll handle it fairly for you there. And obviously that's where you go to get rejected. Be adults. Be mature. If you have a question about a resource, ask the teacher how the resource was used. There is no such thing as a perfect resource. It's about how you use it. If you No, it's not about how you use it. If it's something that's showing a child in his underwear, that's end of story. Then how you... No, 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 we used it to affirm kids. Well, that's fine. You're still under arrest, but you can feel good about it, I guess. (laughs) How you use it. Man. Such thing as a perfect resource. It's about how you use it. If you want to, you could find a flaw, or if you, you can look for something to complain about in any resource we use. So, well, one 
That doesn't bode well. <laughs> How many of the resources have the uh, subjects not wearing clothes, the underage subjects? Please be an adult. Do what's best for your children and follow the appropriate channels to How address your concerns. How much of a threat concerns. does that sound like? Thank you. Do what's best for your children. Thank you, Barry. Yep. Would hate if something happened to their education. You imagine somebody shows your kid a book with naked kids in it and they tell you, you better be an adult about this. <laughs> insane behavior. So this is Megan Watros then gets up there and I think this is just a masterpiece. This is a couple minutes long, but it's worth it. You can I can stop at any time, so let me know else. Hello, good evening. My name is Megan Watros. I'm here tonight because there has been a breakdown in trust with this administration. And I'm concerned that my opt-out, the family life education, will not be honored. And I want to be clear, I'm here tonight advocating for my five and seven-year-old children. This conversation has never been anti-teacher. It has always been a conversation about the age appropriateness of gender education for elementary school children. My family and I, we support the teachers in this community. We always have, but I have a responsibility to protect my children from inappropriate material. So yes, I am gonna be an adult and I'm gonna stand up for my most important thing in my life. And those are my two kids. That's a great line that she had that ready that she's ticked off. Mm -hmm. That's great. So I just wanna be clear here. I'm concerned that this administration's definition of family life material is gonna vastly differ. Sally. Get, do something with Cyril, now. Go ahead. From what parents would consider family life education. When it comes to- What? Is what hurts? Actually hurt. Is he actually hurt? Sally! Sally! James! James! Crackheads. James! I don't know what they're doing. I can't. Let's just go. Jamesy! Can you see if Anson's eyes actually hurt? Okay, he's... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Gonna go check. The sensitive topics, there should be no gray area. 
How can this administration be trusted when they repeatedly denied the theme of the book, Julian is a Mermaid? They should not be permitted to use books that are clearly marked as gender identity with a clear theme of gender identity, then claim a different lesson was used. Mm -hmm. That does not make sense. And we are talking about seven-year-old children. And all I've been saying this whole time is it's not age appropriate. If you want to bring these topics up, you can wait until a child is a little bit older. I think middle school would be an appropriate age. But seven-year-old, no, it's not appropriate, not for my seven-year-old. Parental consent should be required for all content that is classified under family life education, including sexual education and gender. You have a policy. If something falls under family life education, which includes sexual education and gender, you are supposed to have parental consent. You never had my consent to read this material to my daughter. So I'm asking this board to hold this administration accountable, to require transparency and parental consent for any material, any material. There should be no gray area that would be considered family life education. So I've spoken to a number of families who agree and they want the same. And you want to know something? You know what I hear? I hear that people are afraid to speak out publicly because of the intimidation, the bullying, and the twisting of the narrative. Because everything the gentleman just said before me, that is a twisting of the narrative. There is no anti-teacher movement you're here. Not, it's not appropriate to yell at the board. All right. I, I understand your these are my kids and I, I'm passionate about it. So I understand that, but you're not going to yell at the board. You can deliver it in a professional tone. Thank you. Imagine. Learn to behave yourself. Act like an adult. Be, be mature. mature. Watch your tone. Watch your tone. Don't yell at the board. You can't yell. At the board. First of all, she wasn't yelling. But what they're really saying is don't be passionately speaking to the board about things. Yeah, Some don't of us tell us don't, what to do. We get we start to feel uncomfortable when you do it. Plus, it's not your place. Plus, because you went to Fox Look News. out, they'll be reporting you to Merrick Garland and putting Absolutely. you on the terror watch list. So in comes the most horrible person <laughs> in this whole thing. This is very typical. Darianne, think uh, yoga pants, wine box, um, boxed wine uh, fan, uh, BMW X7, Ukraine lawn sign, this is a woman named Catherine, C-A-T-H-R-I-N. She's got an interesting way to spell Catherine. I want to say first categorically that I support the inclusion of Jessica Love's book, Julian is a Mermaid, as part of our social and emotional learning curriculum. It's an innocent, universal story about acceptance, and I'll say no more about that here. Okay, Catherine, can I um, look at your little boy in his underwear? Is that okay? I'm just, it's, I'll, I just want to be accepting. It's fine. If that's... I accept him in his underwear. Yes. When I asked my son Tobin to whom the book. When she asked her son who? Tobin. What an a hole Tobin <laughs> is. You know he is. Oh my God. When I asked my son Tobin to whom the book was read in his class what the book was about, he simply said it was about a boy who wished to be a mermaid and his grandmother supporting him in that. And that made him happy. So why are we here? That made Tobin happy? Mm hmm. I want to have my underwear too in front of people and to have wear a dress. Two months of scary echo chamber critiques and politics that have escalated all the way up to national media and right-wing terrorist organizations. Oh, Where's the right-wing terrorist organization? Did go. the Oath Keepers show up in Darien? 
She's not done. Catherine is not done. Oh, sorry. Surely teaching acceptance to our young children is more important than drawing critique from the proud boys. Oh. Did you hear that? Oh, the proud boys. We bought our teacher flowers. We comforted our administrators. We reached out. What happened to them? The teachers? And the administrators that they had to they, comfort them? They were called out for reading a book with a naked kid in it. So they oh. bought her flowers. Did somebody die? Sorry. What happened? Disagreeing is okay. Asking questions is okay. You've made more than enough opportunity for us to do that. But bringing hate and fear into Darian is not acceptable. It should not be tolerated. Maybe there's a story we could all read that would teach us about that. Oh, you get the point. That maybe that? maybe Megan Wantros needs to read Juliana is a mermaid that's a right. little maybe bit harder. A that's a right. That's exactly right. It's a little bit harder. Yeah, but imagine the like level of gaslighting you have to be at oh, to yeah. be like. I mean, she's just trying to get the school to agree not to read it to her kid if she doesn't mm-hmm. want to. Catherine, you're more than welcome to read books about little boys dressing in drag to your child to Tobin, Tobin if that yes. makes you happy and yes. you like that and why can't you just let Megan Wantros read the books she wants to read to her kid and not force your insane worldview on her kid here's another woman named Paula I would like me as a parent as a taxpayer I would like to um, ask for more transparency uh, transparency from the from the uh, from the curriculum and the materials that being used for our kids and the input when it comes to the handling of politically charged ideological topics in our schools. There should be more caution in exposing our children. At a- this is a problemo. Yeah, we don't like this. Yes, Paula does not seem, she may have some intersectional points here. This is a problem for the wine box people, like moms of Darian. An inappropriate, inappropriately young age to ideologies that aren't supported by a clear scientific and societal consensus. That is violence happening right now. There is some trauma happening in that room. Consensus. This is important to many families in their end, especially since this administration has failed to earn the benefit of a doubt on these issues from us parents. So I would like to have more transparency. I think we have been a lot of surprise, a lot of questions that come from my children from stuff that I have not learned in school when I was in school. Thank you. Uh, sounds very uh, terroristic, proud boy yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. So here's another guy named John, and he's a very interesting one. Also, this is, they don't like to hear this. I'm a proud member of our district's DEI committee, but tonight I'm speaking only as a concerned parent, one of many on town. I wholeheartedly support our teachers and students, but I do not support this administration continuing to use a book some, to use a book with some of our youngest students that unequivocally promotes gender identity themes while telling parents it's not used to teach gender identity. It seems like for this administration, even if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, acts like a duck, and is tagged in the school library as a duck, they're telling parents <laughs> they aren't talking about ducks. It's preposterous. Why does this administration have so little respect for concerns parents' intelligence and basic common sense? If this administration is going to continue to push their gender identity curriculum on seven-year-olds, I would ask them to be honest and transparent while doing so. Doing something so obviously like they are, and then attempting to blatantly mislead parents about the motives and rationale behind it accomplishes nothing. They are only letting down the community they're supposed to serve. If their goal really was acceptance, the administration would have accepted the feedback that this controversial book was wrong, and it was a choice that could have been worked out with parents 
to find an appropriate replacement that wasn't divisive. However, they have instead chosen to double down despite all the clear evidence before them. It must be difficult to create acceptance curriculum when you don't practice what you preach. In my view, after all of this, it's crystal clear the selection of the book was never about acceptance. I believe the administration doesn't care about acceptance. Instead, they care about pushing their agenda no matter how much division it creates or how much national media attention it generates for our small town. So many of us choose to live in Darien for the fantastic schools. My entire K through 12 education was here in Darien Public Schools, and it was never like this. Once again, this administration is letting us all down. As we prepare to enter a new year, every Darien parent and resident should be asking themselves, is this really the best our town can do? I truly believe the answer is no. Our children and our community deserve better. It's past time for a better choice in this administration. Thank you very much. He bowled a strike. That is a thoughtful piece of... Uh... Well, yeah, because it returns the problem where it is, which right. is the school chose deliberately a, quote, resource that they knew would be controversial and that supports a very specific agenda, and they don't care that people don't like it. They don't care. And they're right. they're blaming the people that are upset about it, right? And they could go back anytime and choose a different book. The book still exists. It's not being banned. It's not being burned. All the Catherine yoga pant moms in the world can read it to their kids and turn them into little trans kids like everybody in Melrose does, right? They can all do that if that's what floats their boat. No one's stopping you. The book's still out there. It's not like the Dr. Seuss books that literally got taken out of publication because mm -hmm. they were so freaking dangerous that they were going to like kill people or something. But... For them, for them to push that as the only possible way to teach acceptance in the school system when, like he says, that that's, that's the issue, is that they chose a book that they knew would generate this problem. Right. And that's why they're not backing off and giving one person an exception, because they're saying that this is how you have to learn acceptance. This is about acceptance. It has right. nothing to do with anything else is window dressing. Window dressing, sure. Is it borderline child pornography? Sure, yeah, but fine. No, that, that, all that matters is the concept is acceptance, and that's in the in the SEL learning, and so your kid has to listen, watch this. They have to watch this. Right. Here's a guy named Doug. One way to suppress meaningful and civil dialogue is to frame a nuanced issue in a binary, binary way through the lens of something like compassion. By the way, um, if you hear the door being not, the kids are creating a battering ram to try to break in here. That's right. what's going on right now. I'll start that again. One way to suppress meaningful and civil dialogue is to frame a nuanced issue in a binary, binary way through the lens of something like compassion. Ideas generated by people deemed to lack compassion are not worthy of being heard. Weaponizing compassion delegitimizes and discredits people who fundamentally see the matter at hand as a parental discretion issue, their immense and unwavering reverence for teachers notwithstanding. Every patient here wants to raise tolerant, emotionally intelligent children, but no parental or political tribe is uniquely adept at how to effectively do that while managing other important developmental considerations. COVID is a great example of a policy discussion that was moralized to the detriment of children. For two years, children were the collateral damage and their trusted adults' culture war over public health symbols. Outside of schools, parents may read whatever books they want to their children at any age. There are many topics that aren't controversial or politically polarizing that I, for one, would like to discuss with my child before they are introduced in school. 
These include causes championed by both conservatives and progressives. I have read Julian as a mermaid. It references relevant and sophisticated constructs like identity, authenticity, and the evolution of social norms. That it is not explicitly a book about compassion and tolerance speaks to its metaphorical reach. The question is what is the appropriate age to initiate these types of abstract discussions and under what circumstances? Not whether these discussions are worthy of our attention or our children's attention. Parenting is difficult, hence I am generally in no position to tell other parents how to best raise their own children to become caring and considerate people. I hope that in the face of uncertainty, which seemingly characterizes the situation here, other parents will extend that courtesy by supporting an ongoing, transparent dialogue about mandatory aspects of the curriculum and by not conflating parental deference in elementary school with lack of compassion or ingratitude for the incredible teachers who serve this community. Thank you. So uh, it gets worse before it gets better. Here's Alicia. And remember, um, you know, the redirection of all that Megan wanted. This whole conversation about books and, and banning books, especially certain kinds of books, aren't really a, a conversation coming from a local, um, a local community concern. In other words, Megan's been watching Fox News is what she wants to say. Yeah. You, Megan, you're a victim of misinformation. I hate to be the one to tell you. That's right. I feel like we are being subjected to, in our town, to some sort of more national political conversation about certain kinds of books and banning books and schools. And it's frustrating as a parent. Who's banning books? Right. Well, we're not being subjected to a national conversation you read a book about a naked kid to my class. That's local, okay? I don't <laughs> right, think Megan was locally. involved in national politics before this happened. You did this locally. And also, you're the yeah, one saying, the you're the one saying that, this is, that Megan is a proud boy. You're the one who's <laughs> saying that, that, that she's a terrorist, okay? You're the one watching national news and saying, oh, my goodness, they must be falling for Tucker Carlson. This mm -hmm. is Hannity. Parent. Um, I would like to, if we can, redirect the conversation back to our schools, um, away from the, you know, sort of the right-wing echo chamber about banning <laughs> books, and get back to supporting our teachers and uh, education for all of our students. The right-wing echo chamber of banning books, which is only something you could ever hear in a echo chamber. Right. Right-wing echo chamber of banning books. She just wants her kid not to have to read the book. I'm like, oh, I don't like that you read this book to my kid here in my local classroom in my local town. And they're like, stop with the national Republican talking points. You're in such a right wing echo chamber. This is not the Arizona keep, GOP. This is scary. Let's keep the focus local. And poor Megan Watros is like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the classroom down the street from me where you read this porn book to my child. And you're like, can you please refocus on the local issues and the local <laughs> teachers, please? One more woman. This woman's name is Meg. And it's pretty remarkable. I'm actually going to deal with something that's probably going to be uncomfortable for most of you. Um, but it's an elephant in the room, so to speak. So when I look at the board of ed, the makeup of the board of ed and the administration, every single person on the board and on the administration is white. Uh -oh. Now, understanding that obvious fact, imagine if I, a woman of color, was having a discussion with you 
And during our conversation, you disagreed with my point of view and proceeded to explain why. How would you react if my immediate rebuttal to you was to accuse you of racism? You and I both know it's an asinine comment, but in this day and age, that charge is so easily swung at people, especially in these types of scenarios. It's such a paralyzing accusation, there's no way to respond to it. So instead of having a constructive debate on a particular topic, I'm now listening to you feel compelled to defend yourself from a baseless accusation. So the issue I have tonight is that something along these very lines is happening in our community right now. A short while ago, and she spoke tonight as well, a visibly upset parent expressed her concerns about material that was read to her child's second grade class. And what has since followed are accusations towards her and other parents who believe the same of being anti-LGBTQ and anti-teacher. This is just name calling, but ultimately it achieves its goal, which is to deflect from the initial query. So we need to be very clear about something. Raising concerns over material that's presented in class does not equate to someone being anti-teacher. Questioning the value of introducing topics that we as a society don't even fully understand yet to a very young audience does not mean you're anti-LGBTQ. And when no one stands up to illustrate how damaging and unfair these comparisons are, when there is no one in a leadership capacity to combat this destructive narrative, then all we have left are a bunch of name-calling adults trying to compete for who belongs to the greater marginalized group. The responsibility of the administration is first and foremost to the children of this district. It's not just to the children of parents who align with you politically, but all children. All children love their teachers. No single party should have a monopoly over teacher appreciation. No single party should have authority over curriculum. Political agendas should have no place at school. And I realize it was addressed earlier, but having someone come to the school during school hours offering political paraphernalia that suggests that only one party supports the school you should are. not be condoned. This is within the purview of the administration. You are tasked with setting boundaries right. that can and cannot be conducted at school. You're Pardon at me? time now. Oh, yeah, Thank I bet you. she's Thanks at time. <laughs> this is why boards of education hate the public comment sections. Yeah. yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah, she was brilliant. She was great. They're excellent. And, you know, I think what it comes down to, and to me, like the theme of the news lately has really been you know, to broaden the scope off of Darien, to nationalize the conversation, as it were, is that liberals weaponize compassion, like that dad said, mm -hmm. right? They take the idea that you should be a nice person, that everyone wants to teach their kids to be a nice person and to be kind and to be compassionate and to be accepting. Everyone wants to do that. And they take accusations that you're unkind to push their preferred political aims and it is so toxic it is so divisive it is so disingenuous because it really has nothing to do with being kind everyone wants to be kind everyone wants to be compassionate the problem is that the policies that liberals push when they are telling you they want you to be compassionate are anything but compassionate mm 
They are so destructive. They are so cruel. They are chaos. And they are, you know, the breakdown of everything that makes society good and worthwhile. They really, really are. And like I say that, I mean, like you might think that that's an exaggeration. But look, like one of the news stories you sent me this morning was them, you know, letting this rapist out or whatever mm-hmm. the criminal justice policies there's been this video going around on all this, this social- rapist was let out after mm-hmm. he raped a 61 year old woman and is now uh gone he well, skipped the court system compassion you don't mm-hmm. want your critical just your criminal justice system to be mean you just you know you want to be kind to the rapist so you just let him go like the kind criminal justice policies are so cruel and they're cruel in particular to quote unquote marginalized people or you know the 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 places where they got burned down in the 2020 riots were not dairy ends correct you know it's harmful to the people that you're supposed to be being compassionate to and it's the same thing this video that went around that's just like nausea inducing of those kids beating up that kid in that illinois high school there's like a kid with down syndrome in a bathroom and a bunch of kids kicking and attacking him and you know illinois by the way has has in the last few years put in a policy to cut off this quote school to prison pipeline because that's mean and that's cruel and we want to have compassion and all this stuff to like lessen the penalties for all this stuff to keep police reports away and those kids have now been transferred to other schools in a disciplinary way but the bar for doing that is so high the problem children are essentially allowed in schools to run amok and do what they want and ruin education for everybody else that's not compassionate that's not kind but that's that's what they do look at the drug policies in san francisco right Every time you listen to a liberal who's telling you you're not being kind enough you set yourself up for the worst possible outcomes for everybody that's what they that's what their policies do so this like appeal to kind oh can't you just be nice can't you just use it but just be kind just you know use the pronouns it's all it's all about that and like even there was a great comment on twitter today about like sam brinton you know where michael Knowles said he feels bad for sam brinton this is the the nuclear energy dude that Mm -hmm. uh is caught stealing women's luggage and all this stuff and uh, Cernovich retweeted and said society needs to be protected from Sam Brinton and Sam Brinton needs treatment from society we must govern the way loving parents should and protect some people from themselves the guy should have been in a mental institution a long freaking time ago but the compassion means instead that we put him out here in the world to humiliate him publicly in front of everyone to allow him to steal from people and victimize mm-hmm. people I, I mean I personally think if you steal people's luggage twice in broad daylight with cameras everywhere that that's like the tip of the iceberg of stuff you've been doing frankly like sure i I don't think you just steal luggage two times and like coincidentally get caught both times this uh, the guy has a problem and 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 it goes back to this like we're going to be compassionate we're going to be kind we're going to accept his you know whatever fetish he has as like totally normal and fine and good like it and for some reason we're putting him in the energy department like it makes no sense like yeah it makes no sense and actually that it plays right to affirming behaviors yeah all through the lives of these people you ain't helping it's all all the kindness all along the road just like the kindness to the addict just is there it's, it's their road to destruction 
All right, Alice. And we may have we may have the same theme tomorrow because tonight is the Board of Ed in Ansonia, and that's where um, 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 Roman Moore. Roman Moore. Roman Moore. Yeah, Roman Moore is uh, he's on the docket tonight. <laughs> the kid is doing the right thing. Sorry, he doesn't uh, wear lipstick and steal luggage. It is time for the Chelsea Fire Wicked Hot Sauce Hotline, Alice. As you know, we love Chelsea Fire Hot Sauce. It is our favorite. It is um, Wicked 180 compliant, and they give 5% of proceeds to the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. Are you ready, Alice Shattuck? Yes. All right. Let's see how... Hey, folks. Because I have family members who have had Mohs surgery on their faces to remove skin cancers, I always wear a hat uh, in the summer or whenever it's really super sunny. And I always remove my hat in any restaurant. Good man. Removing your hat when you enter a building is a sign of respect. It should be done all the time. Uh, but because we live in a society where barefoot people just wander <laughs> around in hotel lobbies, I'm surprised <laughs> that guy was wearing pants. And we don't teach children any sort of respect, typically. Um, I tend to remove my hat uh, always, when even when I'm with my 10-year-old niece, so that she will understand that you take your hat off when you go into a restaurant. And you put it on an empty chair or on your knee. Just saying. Hope you guys have a great night. Correct. And it also helps us, Dr. Cheswick, to be able to display a bit of um, sophistication above the animals once in a while. It's just good to remind ourselves that we've evolved a little bit more. Well, maybe we should all learn from Julian and his abuela to be a little more accepting. And if people want to go half naked in mermaid outfits into restaurants and hotel lobbies, they should be allowed to do that, too. I had something else I wanted to call in about. Replica Shattuck, Alice. But Alice is talking about the um, Fifty Shades of Grey books I'm listening right now. I had to stop the podcast immediately. Okay. I don't even know where she's going, Tom. I know that she said they suck or they're dumb or yeah. whatever. But I can tell you without a doubt that that was probably the best couple of months of my life. Really? Oh, I see. I get it. When my wife was reading those books. Oh, good man. It was outstanding. <laughs> Excellent. So there's that. I'm with him on this. Okay. So hopefully Alice can get beyond yeah, and persevere through these books and do the right can't thing. Can't do it. Exactly. Can't do it. Alice, They're not you readable. Need to, you need to... Uh, There's a scene I could read you out of those books that would put you off women forever. Okay, so. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Thomas. Yes, sir. Have you been to the modern butcher shop in Newburyport? And no. if you have, what are your thoughts? Is it worth taking the trip up there because I look at the sandwiches on Instagram and they look amazing. So it's a great question. I have not. I have not been to the modern butcher shop. Now, I like it's a, if it's a butcher shop where the, you go to find steaks. I've never even gone. Is that to the one, one of, our neighbor always sends us, where they do like the back door, like one-off sandwich things? Is that what he's talking about? You mean our neighbor Dan? Yeah. Is it? I'm gonna look up their Instagram. The, Hang on. Uh, maybe it is. I've not been. I've just. 
Um, no. So like, I I would never go to a butcher shop that's like selling beef, like stuff like that, because beef, like real good steak, is too expensive. Mm-hmm. I would go eventually, but but if it's like a sub shop that's selling sandwiches and things like that. I have not. Been no, they're to... like a literal butcher shop. I'm pretty sure. Okay, but he's saying they make they make uh, they they make their own sausage. They make sandwiches. I have not been. Is this the one that's like right on the way into Newburyport that you drive by it? I don't know where. Is I don't it? think so. I don't. Th- we'll have to check it out. I'm sorry about that. I have, I have my sub game in for up here in my pizza game is not it's subpar. It is. I hate, I hate to say it. It's like on Merrimack was... Street. It's downtown. <clears throat> I don't know. No, we have not been there. Yeah, so like we're cheap. We <laughs> well, but, I mean, we're cheap, but we're also not cheap sometimes, and and we do spend money and you know on, on stuff. And so we've been eating at Delio's Pizza. It's Delio's, right? In Merrimack. I don't know. Is that where we go? I Is haven't ordered pizza in so long. I don't even know. Well, okay, but but that's uh, we have been going there, and it was good. It wasn't like life changing. There were times in my life where I thought Andrea's Pizza in in. Stoneham, Stoneham or Woburn or Winchester was pretty much the best. I used to like the old Bologna, uh, Bellino's pizza in, in Winchester. They're gone, of course. Um, and I do respect um, the two biggies in the north end of Boston. Um, what are they? Um, the pizza places. What's the one that everybody goes Regina. to? Regina. Regina. And then there's another one, too. Um, but my favorite of all pizza is um, Tony and Ann's in Drakeit. Uh, which is that's a, like its own animal it's though like it is. if i'm gonna it talk is. about like my favorite regular slice of pizza be, that's not honest, what i, would I haven't go done to. enough work up here replica uh, where we are so i haven't been to like tripoli's pizza which you're supposed to do so i have let my pe- i've let my pizza game fall short i'm a big here. believer in like a but big floppy foldable slice i'll tell you pizza. if you're not around my... let us know where you are because if you're not around here i will send a a a uh, ground crew an away team to check out the modern Modern Butcher, mm-hmm. because I, it, that's the kind of place where I would generally thrive. I'll check it out. There is another place, too, right over the what, over the bridge in Salisbury, hmm. on the right-hand side. It's like a pizza, an Italian place, pizza and sub place. Also very interesting. I got a little confused in there and intimidated. A lot of times, a place sort of run by a, a very uh, ostentatious, not ostentatious, very gregarious, loud Italians. Sometimes I get a little afraid. We know that, Tom. You've made that very clear about Italians. I love the Italians. The I just uh-huh. get a little timid. They're very cocksure, Alice, and I'm a scared. All right. We could also just. Here we go. Hey, Burn Barrel. Hey. Hi. I recognize something familiar in Tom's rant yesterday. He is definitely closing in on the get off of my lawn stage of mm. life. Mm. Yeah. The age of 50. He's been there a while, I think. Where Alice, you're going to have to be very compassionate the next few years. <laughs> Things that are going to set him off, bare feet, <laughs> cut off shirts, zillennials, the way people look, the way they blink, the way they breathe are all going to be problems for Tom as he goes through his early 50s. I wish you luck with this, and I hope you have a support system to deal with it. Another thing is, Alice, what's the deal with everybody walking and running with, like, strobing lights attached to themselves now? And their dogs. It's like everybody looks yeah. like they're on the the, the, the Running Man mm-hmm. and Schwarzenegger movie now in, like, some main streets. It's not just, like, the dark streets, I understand, 
But, you know, take a chance. Certain number of you <laughs> need to get hit and die, okay? Just have some self-respect. So I was just listening to... What's the deal with strobing equipment anyway? Uh-huh, I know. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. So I was just listening to the end here, and Alice is talking about church, and it kind of gives me a thought that I usually have, kind of like a Justin thought, probably. Um, I never understand anybody that follows the rules of church, well, the church I went to anyways, uh, giving up something for Lent, don't eat meat on Fridays, don't do this, don't do that, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, the only thing you ever have to do is go to confessional, because you can do whatever you want throughout the year, you go to confession, you're absolved of all your sins, so eat fit, eat meat on Fridays, you know, don't give up anything for Lent. Do whatever the hell you want. Just go to confession. Clean the slate. Have a rock and roll week. And Common clean the misconception held by a lot of Christians, too, by the way. But it's, well, first of all, Christian, there's a difference between committing sins that you need to confess and, um, you know, not doing spiritual practices for spiritual growth, like fasting, prayer, almsgiving, things like that, right? But the idea being that doing those practices is not an end in and of itself, that the, you know, both the Catholic and Orthodox Church have writings of church fathers that say that, you know, fasting from food without prayer is like the fast of demons because demons don't eat and they're still not good, right? That the, the, the idea isn't that you're like not eating the food because eating the food is a sin. The idea is that you're not eating the food to like strengthen yourself spiritually over your base animal desires that you don't have control over and that actually have control over you so that you have the strength to actually not be sinful, right? But and, it, and it's like going to the gym to work out. You're not doing it so you can move a weight from here to here. That's Jesus. not the point Sister of the Mary thing. Sister Mary Catherine is right? walking down the classroom aisles <laughs> the ruler right now. Okay. There's a chill in well, the Well, anyway, that's the point. The point isn't that, you know, you just show up to confession and it all goes away. The point is mm. that you actually want to be a spiritually strong person. But mm. anyway, people bring up this stuff. They want answers. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening even to the last parts. I assume everyone skipped that part, but that's okay. Um, you can join the live chat on Patreon if you want to. That is at patreon.com slash I so hope the ad coming up is some kind of S&M ad. Uh, patreon.com slash burn barrel. You can always find the show for free at burnbarrelpodcast.com and burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.